Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The readings for this weekend speak to us about shepherds, specifically the leaders of the people of Israel. Now in the first reading from Jeremiah, as well as in the Gospel, we hear about good shepherds, as well as some not-so-good shepherds. Turn to the first reading from Jeremiah. Notice what God says here. He says, Woe to the shepherds who mislead and scatter the flock of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, against the shepherds who shepherd my sheep, you have scattered my sheep and driven them all away. Well, Jeremiah is not referring to real shepherds that tend to sheep or animals, as he is referring to the kings of Israel and how corrupt they have been, the current king as well as past kings. The result is that the corruption has weakened the nation and worse yet, has scattered God's people away from God. And so Jeremiah here is chastising the kings for this. Now, in order for us to really understand this first reading, as well as the gospel, we have to understand the Israelite history. Go back about 400 years ago, during the time of the prophet Samuel. During this time, the Israelites settled into the promised land, and they were governed by a series of judges. They weren't governed by one authority or one king. Instead, they had these regional judges that settled disputes that arose by a case-by-case basis. Some of them we know, like Gideon or Samson. Now, during this time, the Philistines were raising up an army to attack the Israelites. And so the Israelites, in a desire to consolidate their power, they went to the prophet Samuel and they said, We want to be like the other nations. We want a king. Therefore, give us a king. Now, this was a very dangerous statement to make. Why? Because the Israelites were God's chosen people. God specifically intended to set the Israelites apart from all the other nations for the express purpose of drawing all people back to God. And so Samuel, upon hearing this, immediately is opposed to it. He tells them, you already have a king, God, Yahweh such that the Israelites must live their lives according to God's plan and God's will rather than their own will. And herein lies the dilemma. God made the Israelites a holy nation, his chosen people, to do his will. Now, we saw this last week in the call of Amos as well as the apostles. When the Israelites made that statement, we want to be like all the other nations, they're really telling God They don't want to be a nation that God created them to be. The Israelites want to follow their own will rather than the will of God. They want to be like the other nations that have a king. 
See, the Israelites don't understand. Their identity comes from their king and following God's will, just like us. We, too, follow God's will, and we claim Jesus Christ our king. We follow his will, not our own, and therefore our identity comes through Jesus Christ as his followers, as Christians. And so Samuel warns them about what they're doing and how dangerous this is, that they're no longer, no longer living by God's will, and instead they're denying their own identity. And so Samuel tells the people these things that they seek, a king, prestige, power, they already have these things by following God's will. And yet these things will all be taken away from them if they truly have a king. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with kings or leaders in an economy, politics, business. You know, we all need leaders in any organization. But what's bad is when the leaders follow their own will while, rather than the good of others. What's the problem? That statement, we want to be like all the other nations. Give us a king. Well, the problem here is that the Israelites are rejecting now their own identity in who they are. Now, God is suspicious of this request. In fact, he puts them off. He doesn't do anything at all. But God tells the prophet Samuel, you know, the people here have no idea what they're asking for. Their lives will never be the same again if I give them a king. Well, the people persist, and they keep badgering Samuel, asking God again and again and again for a king. Finally, God has enough, and he acquiesces. He says, fine. He tells Samuel, if they want a king, fine, give them a king. This is when the Israelites now have serious problems, when they now have a king. Here's the problem. The people wanted a king, motivated such that they wanted to be like the other countries. They had a king already, God, Yahweh. He was their leader and their shepherd. He led them out of slavery from Egypt. He led them across the desert to the promised land. And here lies the heart of the problem. The Israelites want to be like the other nations. They're not satisfied with their own identity as God's chosen and holy people. Well, that's a powerful lesson for us all. We are all made in the image and likeness of God. And throughout our life, we have to live into that image and likeness we're all created in. We have to become the person that God created us to be. The moment we choose to live into another image other than God's, that's when we have problems in our life. So the Israelites now have kings, and now they have big problems. Saul is their first king. Now Saul, for all intents and purposes, he looked like a great king. He was strong, he was articulate, he was a general, a warrior. But he was incredibly paranoid, especially with David. David was more popular amongst the people than he was. Therefore, he detests that. He sets out to kill David, hatching plot after plot after plot. Saul definitively disobeys God's commandments and ends up dying. Well, next is David. He succeeds Saul. Now, with David, the Israelite nation reaches its glory years. It becomes the economic and military superpower of the region. 
However, David becomes an adulterer during this time. And he compounds this problem by killing Uriah, the husband of the woman he had the affair with. Next comes Solomon. Well, Solomon is blessed by God with great wisdom. But Solomon leads the Israelites into idolatry by marrying Jezebel, the priestess of the pagan god Baal. Now the Israelites as a nation are misled into worshiping this pagan god Baal over Yahweh. See, this is just to name a few of the kings of the Israelites. But they all justify God's original suspicious suspicion of kings. Now, go back to that first reading from Jeremiah. Kings were the shepherds he's referring to. The sign of a good shepherd is they not only gather their flock, but they also protect them, lest any harm come to them at all. But what have the kings of Israel done? Just the opposite of a good shepherd. They've scattered their sheep. They abuse their power. The kings serve themselves rather than others, the Israelite nation. Jeremiah identifies this as a serious problem. What's the solution? Well, God says, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock from all the lands to which I have driven them and bring them back to the meadow. There they shall increase and multiply. I will appoint shepherds for them and shepherd them so that they no longer fear and tremble. And none will be missing, says the Lord. Well, God himself will go about the task of leading and shepherding his people. Next, God says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous shoot to David. As king he shall reign and govern wisely. He shall do what is just and at the right land. In these days Judah will be saved. Israel shall dwell in security. This is the name that they gave him, the Lord our justice. Well, here now God is referring to Jesus Christ. Christ will be the new and an eternal and good shepherd that will always be gathering us into his church. Furthermore, the church that was established by Christ will continue this work for centuries on end, and it has. And see, that's exactly what's going on in the gospel. Now, previous to this gospel passage that we heard this morning, Jesus sends the 12 apostles out to evangelize, to gather the Israelites back to God. Now, in the beginning of the gospel that we heard this morning, it begins with the apostles coming back to Jesus after completing their mission. Well, it says Jesus is excited and eager to hear about their mission. So he tells them to go to a deserted place so that they all have some privacy. Well, we do the same thing ourselves, don't we? You know, when a family member or a good friend goes on a trip, an extended trip, maybe for two or three weeks, you know, at parts of the world that we've never gone to, well, when they come back, we're excited to see them and hear all the things that they've done. Well, that's exactly what's going on here. And yet it says, Jesus' heart was moved with pity, and he began to teach them. Now, notice the purpose of this journey with with Jesus and the apostles. They go to a deserted place to spend time together, just like good friends and family would do, and to hear all the stories of their missionary trip. But it doesn't happen. And so Jesus, again, he reverts back to teaching the people. He begins doing what? Gathering the people of Israel 
back to God. One last thing to think about. The detail, it says they went to a deserted place. Well, the Greek word that is used here is eremos. Where else do we see that word used? Well, it's used in describing the Israelites wandering in the eremos, the desert, for 40 years. And yet, that was exactly the place where God shepherded the people. He fed them, ultimately leading them to the promised land. Well, Jesus Christ, our King and our shepherd, does the same thing for us. He continues to lead us. He feeds us with the Eucharist, scriptures, the sacraments, the life of the church. Friends, today the scripture readings remind us that we have one true good shepherd, our King, Jesus Christ, who, like a good shepherd, guides us and cares for us. More to it, our identity as a people comes from Jesus Christ, now and always. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.